Welcome to the Wedding Sassholes, your no BS wedding business podcast. We're here to real talk you through the common F-ups we see companies making and the practical strategies you can implement today. This month's topic is still money management. (laughs) And in this episode, we're talking about how to prepare your business for a recession. Oh, with Michelle Loretta from the owner of B Sage Consulting. We are your hosts. I'm Shannon Tarrant. I'm Vanessa Negrom. And welcome to the shit show. Episode 21 of the Wedding Sassholes. Oh, we are so excited today for our interview episode. A warm sasshole welcome to Michelle Loretta, the best financial business strategy brain in all of the wedding industry. Welcome, Michelle. (laughs) Yay, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you guys. Thank you for joining us. We are switching up the format from what you expect in a normal interview. Michelle has some nuggets to share with us, and we want to get as many tips out of her as possible in this very limited time. So let's jump in and get started. So we're hearing the same word everywhere, all over the news and financial reports (laughs) and so much talks about the word recession. So how do you think this news is starting to impact the wedding industry? You know, it's hard to to tell, to be quite honest, because um, a lot of the you know, news out there and economists out there don't really know what's happening, right? Like, are we in a recession? Are we about to be in a recession? So most experts will tell you like, we're not really in a recession yet. We think it's going to happen. We just don't know when. Like there was just a Wall Street Journal article last week that was like, it's the longest, most postponed recession that we've had in a long time. It's like waiting for Godot. Like we've just been waiting forever. Like when is it going to happen? So I do hear nationwide from people in their industry, like there's slowness kind of happening. But listen, we're, you know, right now, as of this recording, we're only like two, three months into 2023. So it's hard to say, like, is that recession slowness? Is that we're just going back to not the craziness of the last two years. We're going back to, quote unquote, more normal pacing of wedding business. Is Mm -hmm. it slowness of seasons, right? Like if you're in the north, in Chicago, in D.C., in Seattle, like, January and February have always been historically And it's been a nasty winter also. And it's been a nasty winter. Yeah, 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 exactly. So it's hard to say right now. Um, There's definitely, you know, trends economically in terms of consumer confidence, but yet unemployment rate is still really low as well, right? So that's where economists are really confused. What we're feeling in our industry in terms of that slowness, I wouldn't necessarily call that a recession or a response to the fear of people's spending because it's too early. Like we won't know um, technically until two quarters the GDP drops before they will declare a recession. So that's you know the how that's determined from like yeah. an economic expert. But in terms of our industry, is like all of that slowness we're feeling. It could just be seasonal. It could just be like return to quote unquote normal times and not the frenzy. We're so used to working so crazy over the last right. couple of years that we don't really remember what a normal pace feels like. So. Well, we've talked about that before too, because um, Vanessa and I are both based in Florida. And mm-hmm. so we didn't really get hit by COVID yeah. the way um, the rest we of the country open. did. Yeah, we yeah. stayed open. So yeah. I don't think we had as big of a wedding boom and don't get me wrong it was busy in 2022 but I don't think compared 
we didn't like feast or famine, which is what it sounds like just based upon some of the forums and stuff around the country that people are like last year they feasted so big so that this year feels like a famine. Mm -hmm. But I Mm -hmm. think we felt a little bit more of that in 2021. You know, last year was busy, but I think it leveled off a little bit more for us earlier. So we aren't feeling it maybe the same. We also Mm -hmm. have, because I'm in Miami, so same thing. Like we also have close to a year round business. There are some months in the summer that are just too damn hot to do events, but people still do events in July and August. They just do them indoors, right? So we have a lot less with, with the COVID shutdown that a lot of other states had. There is that feast and famine thing that happened, but we had 12 months to kind of come back online versus like a state in a cold climate may have only had six months to kind of redo all of that lost 2020 business, you know, and part of 2021. So our feast, even in the year that we came back online, which was earlier, of course, it just was more a lot more spread out. It wasn't like a limit, you know, a limit of date availability at venues to only book between, you know, April and October because you have a Virginia wedding bed, you know, it was a little bit different. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and even in 2020, we weren't even, there were a few cancellations, but most of them were just scaling back on the guest count and still continuing with their events. Yeah. Yes. We were spoiled in Florida. We were so spoiled. I think it depends on where in Florida because like Miami was shut down more than in other places in the country, right? Like Orlando was more shut down too in certain places as well. So yeah, it even depends like within Florida. But again, we came back on um, a lot earlier and had, didn't have as much catching up to do, you know, you have to catch up on other cities that had 12 to 18 months of catch up to do. And we had like six months of catch up to do. Yeah. Well, with the potential recession that people yeah. are talking about, what do you think couples will be changing or doing differently to prepare for that in the coming months or upcoming yeah, year? I, I do think that people are, even if they're not uh, being impacted economically yet, because people still do have jobs. I do feel people are bracing themselves a little bit like, okay, if we step into a recession, I should kind of be holding back on like major purchases right now. Mm-hmm. And so like, if you look at like retail trends, like Black Friday tra- trends and things like that, we saw dips in like major um, buys of like electronics, right? So they may have bought small consumer goods, but they may have pulled back on larger consumer buying, right? You're seeing this in like the way that people are pulling back on buying automobiles right now. Um, a lot of it also has to do with interest rates being really high on lending, Um, And as much as we'd like to believe that couples uh, aren't going into debt for their weddings, the reality is that they, they are, they do, you know, like they historically do, unfortunately. So if interest rates are really high on, you know, on loans, on, on credit cards, they're going to be a lot more cautious on how much they're going into debt and maybe avoiding it entirely because those interest rates are just not going to be favorable. That also plays into uh, you know, a couple that wants to purchase a home at, in tangent with them being married, yeah, they aren't able to do that as easily right now. Um, a, because of interest rates and B, because of, you know, housing markets in certain places of the United States. And so all of those like milestone life changes that oftentimes couples feel like they need to make at the same time. Mm-hmm. If the house buying doesn't feel like it's something that they can do, they may hold back. Like I need to make sure I can buy my house with my, you know, my partner, with my, my spouse. 
right? Like, you don't you don't need to do all those things together. But a lot of people feel that social yeah. pressure, those things together, and that may slow down the the marrying you know timeline for for a lot of couples. Now, what we are seeing is like the, this huge generational shift happen, right? So um, we finally have all of Gen Y of between ages 25 and 45, they are all of quote unquote marrying age. So this is the largest generation that we've seen since the boomer generation. That's good news for us because that's going to continue to feed our industry, right? Um, so that to me is really good news that in spite of our session, we're going to keep being busy yeah. It's just that those weddings are going to look different, right? So in a recession, people will pull back on guest lists. So if you are in a segment of the industry that relies on guest list count, like invitation design, uh, floral centerpieces, right? You may not have 20 centerpieces. You may have 12 centerpieces, right? Catering is um, a big catering, one. Catering, catering, mm-hmm. price per head of catering. Cake sometimes, a lot of times is price per head as well. Mm-hmm. Um Segments that aren't as impacted are wedding planners, photography, venues, right? Because you have a flat fee for the entire service, right? But if you aren't in a in a service that relies on guest count, you could be impacted more than other segments. And we saw that in the last recession as well. We saw people who normally would have had 200 people weddings move back to 100. Yeah. Or a lot of times that business moved to destination because they could have a less expensive wedding in the Caribbean or in Mexico, knowing that that headcount all those people weren't going to travel, right? Because destination, a lot of times you lose some of your guest count. That's interesting. I think that like des- the shift to a heavier destination or a higher quality, really low guest count. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember back in 2011 and like yep. in that window of time between 2008, 2011. Yep. So I was working for a catering company and the the caterer was heavy corporate and I was like the little wedding girl and I didn't really do a whole, like we were just starting to grow that line of the business. And when yeah. the world crashed in 2008, the whole team came came into my office and said, well, we're a wedding caterer now, Shannon. So, and I was like, um, oh, and we were doing some epic quality of events that were only 50 and 75. Like it was still yes. beautiful. The menus yes. were like, exceptional. They were blowing out the decor because they could do that for 50 to 75 people. Mm -hmm. They couldn't afford to do it for, you know, 150 to 200. Nope. Yep. Yep. So that's, that's the biggest, that's the biggest cut is that head count. Is the head count. Save money. Yeah. And then it'll be the number of vendors, right? So, you know, these days you could have a wedding with 50 different vendors. They will be forced to prioritize like, well, maybe we don't need the popcorn vendor in the corner with the popcorn cart. Maybe we don't need, you know, the popsicles that come out at midnight and maybe we don't need, you know, hora loca or, you know, things like that. Right. Like it's those extras that end up being cutting cut during a recession, right? So yeah, I think they're going to go back to the basics, like the basics of photography. They're going to like floral, these are the just, ten vendors that we right. need, and maybe just a few more. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And if you think about it from that perspective too, if you're a vendor that has the opportunity, you're already coming. So mm-hmm. maybe you have the opportunity to offer something like that as an enhancement. So they're not paying a second delivery yes. fee or like, like Vanessa does cakes and dessert bars. So if they're going to, mm-hmm. the opportunity of cutting that late night snack, like, well, yeah. if there's something that you can provide since you're already coming, 
Yeah, that might, yeah so that it's yeah. an upsell yeah. for some. So if you as a company can see, you know, what some of those enhancements are that they might be cutting the second set of delivery fees and that extra cost that could be for you. So what do you say to people when they say that the wedding industry is recession proof? Because I heard this so yeah, much. It's in not recession proof at oh, all, actually. No. So um, it's if people still get married. So so in that respect, you'll still see the volume probably of weddings like, you know, um, people will decide to get married, whether they have the money to or not. Right. I wouldn't call it recession proof because any any segment of the hospitality, travel, tourism, and hotel industry are severely impacted during a recession. That, that those are usually mm-hmm. the first things that people cut. Is you know some of those those are not not necessary for survival. You know items, right? So yeah, you may get married, but again, this is where we go back to a five thousand, ten thousand dollar wedding budget, or yeah, people trying to you don't you don't we haven't heard of that as much in recent years where there was always those blog posts of like, how can I do a wedding for $10,000 less? So like, we're going to go back to that (laughs) recessionista style of wedding where there's a lot more DIY, right? All of Mm -hmm. the DIY that came out of the the late 2000s was based on, you know, people who still wanted to be married in a recession and they only had $10,000 to work on, right? So I would not say it's recession proof at all. I would say that, um, certain segments of the industry are a little bit more protected from a recession. So, and this is Lux and Uber Lux. And I would say Uber Lux more than Lux. So, you know, Lux is somewhere around $100,000, $150,000 wedding. You know, Uber Lux is $150,000, starting, right? And up, okay? So those segments are usually people who are they have money. People with money always have money, right? Like right. The, the super rich people always have money. Um, they may n- have jobs, they're executives, their jobs don't rely on the recession being up or down. And they yeah. don't have a risk of losing their job. If you're a CEO of a cruise line, you're not going to have a risk of losing your job as much as somebody who right. earns 75 to $100,000, which is a nice salary, but you risk losing that or having your, your pay cut, right? So um, that's that's the segment, that's the piece of the industry that I think is a little bit more recession-proof. I think that the, those price points, the Uber Lux uh, wedding, I think that they still feel the recession in different ways. It's much more in like the choices that they make for what they want their wedding to look like. So for example, in the last recession, it was like, we don't want a wedding that's too flashy. We want something to be down to earth which is where you saw a hundred thousand dollar, you know, barn wedding that looked super shabby, chic DIY, but it was still a hundred thousand dollar wedding. Right. So that's, that's the difference of what I think is a little bit more recession proof is that really high end uh, event that happens. So as small business owners, which most of us are, what do you think that we can do to start preparing for the possibility of a recession? I mean, I know there's common, common tactics, like, cutting back on expenses and things like that, but what are some things that we should be doing and not be cutting back on? Oh yeah. Well, first of all, I'd be encouraging everybody to have a cash cushion of about 10 to 20% of their income. And the reason why is, you know, recession is actually a natural cycle of the economy. A a market expands and a market contracts. And so when you have that contraction of the market for two uh, quarters, two cycles is when they declare a recession, right? So 
if you're thinking about, you know, an established business owner usually is creating sales projections that are at least 10% growth year over year, right? And and most of that comes from price increases unless you're young, younger in business and you're making huge price adjustments like you usually do in your early years or you're changing something significant of your business model. At a minimum, your sales are increasing 10% every single year. Uh, with a recession, you should ex expect the opposite, right? You should expect a decline of 10%. Um, and I'm encouraging people to think about it could be a decline of 20%, right? So if you're saving 10 to 20% of your your income, your sales, your annual sales, what, what's going to happen is you're not going to have to make decisions overnight about what to cut. You're going to have enough reserve to be able to make it through a year of a 10% loss because you've got 10% saved in the bank and then some, right? So that's mm -hmm. that's the one side, right? Like protect yourself from the loss of sales. And then of course you are going to cut back on things. Um, I would say you don't want to be cutting back on advertising and marketing unless you have determined that that activity really doesn't bring in any business. And that's something you should be looking at in, at every yeah. year. Like, what is right. your goal, right? Like, you know, for some, for some advertising, it's going to be to be seen amongst your peers. For some advertising, it's going to be conversion. For some advertising, it's going to be, you know, SEO and placement and things like that. The thing is, during a recession, you need to work harder at getting found. And therefore, if you're cutting back on your marketing and advertising, you're going to have to work harder at getting discovered amongst your competition. So that's usually one of the last things you want to cut is, you know, marketing and advertising. You need to be more visible than ever. Yeah. I remember back in, I know I've been doing this longer than Vanessa, a little bit in the industry, but <laughs> I, and I think that, that, but it's important to kind of share the, where we've been, because those of yeah. us who were through this, we've already been through this once, you know, within the last, if you've been in the industry a decent amount of time, we have a local photographer, um, the company name is Rhodes Studio Photo and Video. And when everyone else in 2008 started cutting, and they were cutting out the wedding shows, they were cutting out the uh -huh. marketing, he doubled down. So he yeah. had the cash reserves and he was taking out full page ads and magazines. He was buying double boosts instead of single boosts. And yeah. he doubled down on all the marketing. And yeah. not only like he grew, it's kind of like during yes. COVID, the people yeah. who had the money and the stuff to be able to double down and, and really get scrappy in that mm -hmm. time frame were, but that ability, because he didn't cut that, you know, they had that ability to actually grow because they doubled yeah. down on the marketing. Yeah. That's when I, I mean, that's just, when our business exponentially grew is during yeah. the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Cause yeah. you got smart about that instead of retreating and not, became not a cake just, skank. Yeah, <laughs> we I keep joking. We yeah. keep, I know. I turned with this into. I was like, you need to say yes every time somebody says, "Can yeah. you?" You need to be the cake whore of Orlando. Yes, and I just need you to say yes always. I'll volunteer. I'll sponsor. I'll put it out. Oh like my gosh. everyone else is saying no right yeah. now, and she okay. said yes to the point where every single per everywhere she went, they were like, "You're everywhere." And yes. she's like, yeah. I'm ever. She said, "I might not have a ton of money for advertising, but I I'm going to be every." Everywhere, I'm gonna be like the glitter of the wedding industry. I'm showing up everywhere. Can't see straight. Yeah, it worked great. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Well, th that's a good point too. It's not just advertising and networking or uh, advertising marketing. It's 
it's networking, it's relationship building, right? So mm-hmm. that's something that people need to be thinking about. That's less a financial thing and much more of like, it is a marketing strategy to be out there relationship building. I think in the last two years with COVID people and, and the COVID bounce back, people have been too busy to attend events. They've been too busy to like meet up with vendors and things like that. We're and finding that also. Yeah, yep. super, like way too busy. And I'm telling people like, okay, that this is that was then, this is now. Now yep. you need to be doing at least two events every single month, if not more, because, mm-hmm. you know, chances are we're going to start seeing this recession a lot more. And I'm going to guess like 2024. Yeah. But by that point, it's too late. Like yes. you need to start doing the the networking and the going to the things and going to the educational things and shaking hands and making friends. You need to have friends of this industry so that when shit hits the fan and you don't have enough business, you can call on a friend and say, hey, I'm, I've got a lot of openings in April. If you have clients that need a photographer or whatever it is, please keep me in mind. You can't yeah. do that if you haven't laid the groundwork now for a year from now we're in that recession. Mm-hmm. And by the way, it's not just the recession that's going to happen at some point in the next year or so. Next year's an election year also. Oh, so God. there's <laughs> always a dip. Always economic certainty, consumer confidence, Mm -hmm. whenever it's an election year. And man, it is going to be a wild rodeo the next election too. So no matter where we are officially in terms of this recession, there is going to be some economic chaos next year. So make sure you have all your ducks in a row for that. Yeah, we host a monthly networking event and I have seen the number like from even 2021, which people would think COVID, but from 2021 to 2022, I mean, we have to work a hundred times harder to be like, are you coming? Uh, Are you coming? Are you coming? Because I'm like, guys, what are you doing? Like, and where the well-established companies are too busy and they're missing all of those, the newer companies are swooping in. And because they have the time, they're not Uh booked, they're available. And so what happens is then, you know, these guys who had the relationships, well, now they're meeting all these new hungry, where do you need me to be? What do you need me to do? Totally. The yes, yes, yes. At the end of of the day, when times get hard, you take care of your tribe. So if you haven't built those relationships, you Mm -hmm. don't have that tribe to depend on and to help feed you into your business. A hundred percent. You've got to build those relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. No, it's, it's super key to have those. And I agree with you that like you, they take time to manifest. Like it doesn't happen. You don't meet somebody, hand them a business card and be like, Oh, let me send you all my business. We have like a, a small mastermind group we're a part of. And one of our members last week was like, I haven't seen a lead in three weeks. And we were all like, what is going on? We like, what can we do to help? Yes, what do you need? Yeah, totally. Troubleshooting yeah. to be like, yeah. Oh my God, what happened? You launched a new website. Okay. There's always a dip in SEO. Yeah. Like, certain Mm -hmm. things and your new website looks beautiful but bougie so people might now (laughs) think you're too expensive when you're not but but maybe the the bougie clients are the ones that are out there right perception the perception has changed right right it's just taking an adjustment but you're right you have to have those relationships built established and you have to nourish them and I would say it probably takes at least a couple years for a new a new connect to turn into like a true friend or yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. We've talked about that in previous podcasts also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hammer at home. Yep. <laughs> Good. <laughs> with, um, so my next question was with being a small business and needing to do some of the pivots, we're not going to pivot on advertising and marketing, 
But do you think that as a small business, we should run specials or do discounts, Mm -hmm. raise prices, scale back on services, maybe offer less of a service at a different discount rate? Like, what do you think about things like that? So I don't think that people should be ever really discounting, not even in a recession, to be quite honest. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that during the pandemic, a lot of, you know, a lot of vendors, especially if they were pretty well established, moved on to only doing full scale services. Like you only have maybe 25 dates a year to sell and you should be selling them for a premium price, right? Because of the demand of, you know, the post pandemic demand and the demand for your services and expertise. I would say that if you're sensing that things are slow and I would say three months plus is truly a slowness that you want to examine, you want to be considering possibly reintroducing what I call entry-level services, right? So if you've been selling at full scale for the last two or three years, like maybe it's time to revisit something that's a a smaller um, bite for people to come in at. So if you're a planner and you've only been doing full scale planning, maybe it's what people now refer to as event management, right? Like that month of service or six months preparation, event management service. Again, offer it for a premium price based on where you are in the market. Like don't be selling this on Craigslist for $500. That doesn't make any sense. Right. You know, in your market, it may still be a premium price point of $4,000, $4,500 or something like that. Um, Make sure that that price aligns with all of your expertise, experience, reputation, your target market, but you may not be in a place where you're selling, you know, services starting at 15,000 anymore because that client's needs have kind of shifted. And so you may need to explore that, what I call the entry level service of some sort. Yeah, I think that's so key to pay attention to as you're doing these appointments. Vanessa and I were just chatting before we started this about how she's now had two people ask her about giant, huge fake cake rentals, like like five tier fake cakes if she can, she rents them. Yeah, yeah. And she's Which never I had anyone never, ask her that before. No. Yeah. And no. so I, I think it's interesting. Uh, it's too. hard because you have you have to decide like, okay, is do I stick with my artistic creative like integrity, like what I am known for and what I want to specialize in? But if business is slow, you have to be real and, and explore yeah. different ideas as well. You know, I was a high-end stationary designer and in 2008, 2009, everyone kept coming to me asking me for like stationary, they wanted to like assemble their own invites. And I was like, no, I don't do that. Like I do all of it, you know? And the reality was I was getting so many people that were like, we just want this design on your website and we'll put it together. And I'm like, okay, I can print it and literally like send them the pieces. And so I didn't, I I created a separate DIY brand outside of my stationary brand because I realized I was leaving money on the table and my custom services were now going from like 200 piece orders to 70 piece orders. Like I had to have a second option, an entry level product to be able to sell people so they could come into and not lose that business. Yeah, I think it's also really important to track, you know, when it feels like it's getting slower, if you aren't tracking your numbers, which we've been talking about all month doing sales projections and tracking expenses and whatever, but if you're not tracking your numbers well enough, 
you can't really look ahead and see where the holes are. Mm -hmm. And maybe, you know, rather than I'm not a fan of discounts and things like that, there's always the opportunity to do value adds. Yes. You know, in advance when your slow season is, if uh, when I worked at a venue, if somebody called me in Florida and said, we want August, I immediately discounted. I didn't even (laughs) immediately. I I was like, Oh, it's 5,000. Right. Just kidding. It's 1500 plus food and beverage. And we'll drop that $20 a person. Cause totally. we needed the business so badly in that window. So yes. I think it's important, but you have to track your numbers and track your data and your bookings mm-hmm. to be able to know what that flow of money looks like before you mm-hmm. just, you know, before you just go crazy with it. But I also, what I also love about what you said about entry level is there's a photographer we have in town and her base package is 975, which everyone thinks is insane. It's like a four hour package. But the reason she's 975 is her average client is spending almost 3000, but they call her because on the knot, you can sort by under a thousand and she's the only photographer or she's like one of three when they sort by under a thousand she's only one of three companies that shows up in that spot but because she has that entry level thing for them to have the conversation with it doesn't actually include enough hours for them or they're like we want two shooters we want seven hours so they end up spending more anyways so sometimes that entry level I think opens the door discovered yeah well that's a door for them to find you yeah that's a retail trick right so when you walk into like nordstrom um there's always going to be something that somebody can buy for 25 dollars, right and so they want to create brand loyalty like on that 25 dollar little purchase knowing that people will come back if they feel happy and satisfied and served when they're able to buy more or they have a special event, right? Like their whole business model is like, we want to make sure that we have something for everybody. And so a lot of retail buyers. Now, some stores like Neiman Marcus have actually gone away. They were like, we only want people here who, there was some story that was like, we, that will only spend $1,500 or more on their, it was something crazy like that. I was like, oh, that's really different. Cause I don't usually see that in retail. Retail usually wants to attract different price points, right? So we can learn Mm -hmm. a lot. I think we can learn a lot from like other industries. Retail is a big one. Yeah, I'm always trying to pay attention, especially at times like this to kind of what some of the bigger companies and national Mm -hmm. corporations, because they have more data, they have Michelle, they have Michelle's who work for them, (laughs) who are doing all of this and they're shifting early. And so I think it is also important as a small business owner to make sure that you're gaining knowledge and information and paying attention to what some other companies are doing and offering Mm -hmm. because, and how they're making the shift in times like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Watch the trends from other. We talk about that all the time, though, watching trends from different industries all the time. Yeah. Parallel yeah. industries like retail, hotel, travel, see what see what their little tricks are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think like taking advantage of having those conversations, we all I mean, all three of us are we like conferences. You, Michelle, host a <laughs> conference and we like to Vanessa and I are education junkies. So we like to attend them. But I think that like those are opportunities also for you to have conversations with people in other uh, markets. Yeah. Because it's important, I think, to learn not just what, because something could be trending. Um, Florida tends to be a little bit further behind LA and New York. And mm-hmm. so, whereas like we're ahead of the Midwest. Yes. So when it comes to what's trending in terms of weddings and events and things like that. So making friends with people who are in those markets, sometimes mm-hmm. you can see what's coming down the pike in advance. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, we're going to wrap it up with one last question. So are there any other investments within a business that you think owners should consider to help them get through a recession? Um, honestly, it's not a recession. It's holding on to your cash. I mean, yeah. and you can perceive that as an investment, right? Because we, you know, most businesses don't have a lot of infrastructure that they need to invest in more equipment or machinery or buildings or things like that. In terms of expenses, most, most businesses are in industry run on pretty low overhead. So there, there's nothing that I would say, like go out and spend. Um, if you feel short on it, education. I always think that that's a good investment that can only make you better. Um, I think investing in what we talked about, um, not just marketing, but um, uh, relationships. So jo yeah. go join an organization. If you're not part of an organization already, that's an investment you should be um, making. But if you have those bases already covered, your investment should be in hoarding cash. Yeah. I think that that's a great... Which we should be good at based in COVID. I feel like a lot of people were hoarding cash for those. You know, I think we did it during COVID, but I think the yeah. wallet strings those opened wallets, back yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. All like that last two years, I think money. they opened back up. Mm -hmm. We were like, oh, look at all those opportunities of things that I wanted to do. And I think that it's... Yeah, I mean, a lot of times if people don't project well and make sure they're making the decisions that make sense for those things, like it's not, don't spend any cash, get the money you need in reserves, and then, you know, look at and attack some of those projects on the horizon once you have what you need stashed. Yeah. yeah. yeah let's stash yeah, it away. Save that. Be a little squirrel. Yeah. Stash it away. Yeah. Stash it away. Well, before <laughs> we end our episode, we always end with some swag, some secret tips, but Michelle, where can people learn more about you and how can wedding vendors who need help work with you? Yeah. So you can find me at bsage, B-E-S-A-G-E, consulting.com. And you can find all sorts of information on hiring me to create a financial strategy or fractional CFO services. You can also learn about my conference on there, bsage conference. We just wrapped up Sonoma for 2023 and we are hoping to announce 2024's location here in a couple months. Nice. And I can't, we can't wait. We will make sure to put um, her contact information in the show notes for you. Yeah. And if you've never heard Michelle speak, she's such a good speaker. So oh, if you need you. a speaker, truly, <laughs> when I say that there isn't anybody in our industry who does financial strategy in a way that we did, I, I hired Michelle to help me with cash flow stuff. And yeah. I was like, oh, it was eye opening, a little terrifying, but eye opening. <laughs> so look so good. Things. And just, you know, ways to think bigger past, yeah. but as a small business, we tend to have the knowledge to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To be able to take risks with your money to kind of know that direction of your business, I think is really important. I mean, speaking of a recession, it'll help give you guidance to make it through the recession. I know a lot of people hung on to that, um, their strategies during COVID. It was lifesaver. So, Yeah. 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 Gives you a leg up for the next part too. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We're going to yes. do our swag. Our swag is shit we all get. We give three action items to add to your to-do list. Shannon, do you want to kick us off on your first one? Yeah, so I have a secret idea from something Michelle said that, you know, I'm I'm not always a like, First of all, the word recessionista made me so excited. Yeah. I wrote that down and I was like, oh my God. And do you remember that from the last recession? It was I like do, a really big I, like, buzz term. I forgot <laughs> it until you said it. And then it I was, was like, oh my God, like these are recessionistas planning their wedding. And so one of the things that like came to my mind that went on my action list was 
to write a blog post. Um, when you are in this moment where people are looking maybe to pinch and save a little bit, it's writing things either defending more of why they should invest in that specific mm, thing yeah, over yeah. Some, not like putting down someone else, but um, in my world, we are all the categories. So I think it would be easier for us to do some blogging of almost like what you said, like how to have a wedding for $25,000 start to finish, mm-hmm. you know, and or things like that of, you know, Vanessa working with Vanessa to write some kind of blog post on, you know, ways you can save money specifically with cake get a smaller cake and do desserts and like yeah. she cakes in the back and things like that. So that was one of my takeaways was like, think about oh, how yeah. you can start creating some content mm-hmm. around this convert without being like, well, a recession is coming and you bitches don't mm-hmm. want to spend money. Like just writing it from a place of guiding them through some of those changes. The resource. I like yeah. it. That's like a great one. What about you, Vanessa? What do you get? I wrote down a couple of things. The first one I wrote down was um, having a cash cushion of saving 10 to 20% of your annual sales, which is ironically enough what I do now. So I'm going to continue to do it. Yeah. No, that's that's you. also, that's also what helps me. on your nose. That's not how most people live. All right. All right. Like, <laughs> she, uh, Shannon knows. That's why I say be a squirrel because Shannon knows that I've always been a squirrel. All the nuts. But all the nuts. Yeah. I, I save all the nuts, but that's because the first recession that we had in the early 2000s, I was in college. So oh, I was already yeah. happy to save all the nuts because yeah. I was already a broke college kid. So I'm going back to that same mentality of like, save all the nuts yes that's so good no i i like the um i like the 10 to 20 percent too i wrote that one down i did that was one of the first things i wrote down my last piece of swag is to really get reinvested in building vendor relationships that the networking events that you've been skipping that you're not prioritizing and make i mean time is all a commodity of what you where you choose Mm -hmm. to put it if you deleted tiktok off your phone you'd probably have the three hours this month to drive to a freaking networker let's just call it what it is so i think that that was my big you know my other one of my other big is really to hone in on that, even with our conversations that we're having with our vendors and venues and things like that, is that these relationships are extra important in times of potential struggle that might be coming. Yes. Build your tribe. Build your tribe, folks, and take care of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is there anything else, Michelle, that you want to make sure that people get before they walk away and don't get to hear any more of you? (laughs) I would tell people to like, don't react over everything. Cause I'm seeing a little bit of that right now. Like a little bit of like, not like a knee jerk reaction. Yeah. Don't have a knee jerk reaction. If you've kind of done some of these things to protect yourselves, you're going to be okay. Um, but you know, it takes a while, but prepare yourself, like be proactive, not reactive. Right. So if you're doing things to, to, uh, you know, prepare now, you're not going to be in that reactive, that knee-jerk reaction mode. Fight or flight. I like it. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for joining us again. I appreciate you. It was lovely talking with you guys. (laughs) If you feel like this podcast helped your business, got you thinking, or we made you laugh, follow, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Stay tuned for our upcoming episodes. Next month, we are talking about appointments and tours. Including before and after checklists, how to personalize your sales pitch and proper meeting agendas. So go make epic shit happen and go follow Michelle and learn all about how she can help you set your money shit up for success. Do it. Have a great day, y'all.